episode five, like the Jackson five. The New Hope. ABC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode five of Grit. <laughs> thanks for thanks for leading us in, Terry. Appreciate that. You got you got anything else? <laughs> Take it away, Josh. But Josh is in no mood today. I'm yeah. just going to throw yeah, that out he's, there. He's uh, so like he. Mad-eyed moody over there. That's, uh, of course, quickly brought up the fact that in episode two, I was extremely frustrated uh, by all kinds of things. I mean, sound wasn't working correctly. There were dogs barking in the background in the barn. It was super hot. And um, I was I was like really frustrated with the, uh, the way that it was going down. We had three mics, but it could only get two to work. I had ample reason to be frustrated. But this guy is like sitting over there just stewing yeah. and grumpy over nothing. I, I think it's just the length of his uh, headphones is why he's so grumpy. He has to lean forward. He puts those head that headset on. <laughs> I wish you could see Josh right now because that headset is about three sizes too small. <laughs> Yep, this is all just fueling. <laughs> Welcome my, to grit, everybody. My good new, my good feelings here. Thank you. <laughs> Mood is now better. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> Not the fact that I look like a, a, me a, a fish on a on a hook here, getting lined in. Yeah. Mood is better, but my ears hurt. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I can always turn it around. Well, turn that frown upside down. Uh, yeah, big guy. <laughs> So how Fresca. are you guys doing today? Yeah, G- dude, I hear enough of that from pizza. I don't, I don't need it. You know, I, I kind of just haven't played with pizza in a long time. Every time Terry says pizza, it uh, reminds me of uh, Pizza Christ. So on Facebook, uh, Terry would, uh, Terry always. It's usually during the holidays. Yeah, it's during the holidays. It's, it's like Christmas time. The three wise men, he photoshops uh, myself, uh, Josh, and, and his face. Uh, on the three wise men uh, following the star in the east, and instead of the star, it's like a, <laughs> it's a light a up buffet. buffet. <laughs> it's a light up buffet sign. All you can eat. All you can eat. Yep. <laughs> Pizza the Christ. What a bountiful feast. I. <laughs> but I always have to use the uh, picture of you in the birthday hat. Yeah, the birth the birthday hat picture, which which hasn't been on um, yes. the grit Insta- Instagram uh, page yet. And and that's fine. I mean, if Maria wants to put it up there, that's fine. But I'm not going to supply it uh, well, here, Maria, for, for well, anybody to you use. You know, when you call me, that's your uh, that's your that's my that's, picture. That's your picture. That's my picture. That's how I know it's you. So I know we've talked I about this in a previous podcast. So, so before <laughs> before anybody gets a chance to take a look at it, I just want to explain myself. Uh, this was a birthday party, and uh, I didn't know my picture was being taken, and I just wanted to eat alone and in silence. And of course, that wasn't the case. And so this picture now has um, has become legend uh, amongst the two other friends that love to roast me and it's all it did was provide the ultimate ammunition against me because it is probably the most humiliating pick I've ever been taken in. Uh, but yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know my, get uh, to see it too. My, my younger Double. brother, he like, that, that like just makes him laugh every time. Like, and, and he's very quiet. Look at that cord just digging into his chin. <laughs> <laughs> it was so tight. It fits perfectly between chin two and three. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm better. That's All right. All right. Cool. So, Thanks, Ben. Yeah. And again, we mentioned it in another another or a previous podcast, but it was, I mean, they were like, oh, a true fat guy would, uh, you know, 
just double it up and put it all on one bun. And I was like, man, those were two doubles. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, but you also got a really good picture of me in the uh, skin tight Matt Castle jersey. <laughs> the uh, Baltimore Ravens hat that was uh, three sizes too small. Yep. I, I still have the one of you uh, eating that cupcake at my 30th birthday <laughs> oh, with I the bacon on it. I haven't seen that one. Or maybe I have, you but it's been have. such a but, long time. Yeah, but that one's not as funny as the oh, Mac House yeah. one because my man tits are all <laughs> oh, off man. to the side. Yeah, you could just cup those babies. <laughs> it looked, it, I seriously look like Terry when he's wearing a normal shirt. Like You could just loss. see my belly button like, ooh. <laughs> I look like the big boo from uh, <laughs> Mario. So your, your chest and your belly buttons ooh. make a ghost. It looks like a ghost saying ooh yeah. anytime somebody looked at the picture like why are you so surprised I'm like what do you mean like look and there's my <laughs> oh oh my belly button oh wow <laughs> uh, it's a good oh, thing I don't take the shirt off oh. <laughs> well and then, then of we course you do remember ghost Remember the uh, the pig nose? That was uh, that was, <laughs> was that of me? Oh, the pig nose. Yeah, you, you got you were actually getting your hair cut by your wife, and I snapped a photo of you. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I had my own photo. Yeah, just, well, I just put like uh, on my Android. I used to have these little like noses you could put on people. And uh, no, I remember we did before I got into uh, it Photoshop had to be a well. pig nose. It, yeah, well. And of course, Terry has no problem making memes out of any picture he comes across. <laughs> I've yet to, Ooh. I've yet to really seen a, an embarrassing photo of Terry. Like, I did make the one where it's like, did I have to eat that pie? <laughs> and the fat guy with the bib, and there's just pumpkin pie all over his chest. Oh yeah, well, see, I, I photoshopped Terry's face on a couple of things, you know, like every uh, once in a while. But uh, I beat that. anorexia. It's this really large man that says I beat anorexia on his shirt, and and of course Terry's face is photoshopped on instead. But it's it's a nice Photoshop because you don't see the lines underneath, so it really does look like he's wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag deepfake. <laughs> Hash brown. I, I I have I have no joy down in my heart. Where? Yeah, down in my heart. Oh man, down in my heart. Tuesday. Ugh. I think it's Tuesday, but I always said Tuesday because that's what I thought it was until I found out that it was something else. Anyway, well, yeah, well, what were the lyrics to? Uh, I mean, I always remember mishearing lyrics too, but like the Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, what's the uh, what's, what's the fuss? Yeah, what's tell the, me what's happening. What's the buzz? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my superstar. god, I've never seen it. Are you serious? No, I've never oh seen man, it. you gotta watch that shit. Well, if you just want an excerpt of it, just uh, watch Along Came Polly. When uh, they do the community theater and oh, uh, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, He's the Jesus Christ in Jesus. He was Christ playing Superstar. Judas in it. Oh, that's right. Wasn't he playing multiple parts? Didn't he play yeah, all he's, the parts? He's trying to be Judas and yeah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There is. Take that. her away, Josh. I have not. Well, I mean, like on the material, or are we getting? Are you just jumping right in? Oh well, I'm mean, caution to the wind. I'm like, uh, no, I mean, oh, uh, good segue. We, we we can still talk. So yeah, well, uh, episode. So Three, uh, Terry was bringing up at the very end of it. He brought up when early Christians in the eighteen the forcing of uh, Christianity onto the indigenous I, populations. I just completely went blank. I don't. Well, so that's why. I But not only to, in North America, but you know, around across the world. And right, the uh, 
what we talked about the last couple episodes was when the you know modern church thanks for laughing Ben I can just see you over there I'm trying to get serious here and you're over there just snickering with beer flying out your nose um, <laughs> it's your headset man <laughs> it just looks so damn tight there is that better <laughs> anyway I gotta use my shoulders to hold the shit up and why? Well, you're the one who wanted to sit there. That has nothing to do with why the headset is too tight. <laughs> why it's is the headset too tight? I got sitting on it. Jaggy uh, there picking on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I've taken my headset off. And, yes. uh, that way, when I talk, I'm not getting laughing, staring at me, and I'm trying to be serious here. <laughs> we're jumping. Yes, yes, we're, we're jumping. Uh, that that's a little joke we have on uh, one of our uh, friends that uh, likes to count us down in war zone when we're all ready to jump out of the uh, airplane. Three thousand six hundred. Yeah, ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety seven. All right, we're gone already. So yeah, already jumped. We picked up the second scavenger, so it's uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys, yeah, right. So, what are you guys' uh, thoughts about uh, Christianity and uh, the indigenous populations around the world, and uh, basically how it's been shoved down their throats uh, since the dawn of Christianity? What, what, do, what do you think? The uh, that's okay. I got. I mean, I have an answer to your first one, and um, I'm being serious. It's um, it reminds me of the Book of Eli, the movie. We knew Denzel Washington was blind, yes. Spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, that movie does a really good job of uh, showing that dichotomy between, you know, faith being used appropriately and faith being weaponized, I guess, in a way. And um, when I think of what early religious people did to indigenous populations, not just in North America, but around the world, um, I think of what Carnegie did in that movie. He took the book and remember in that one of the lines he said was, um, I need to run several towns and the only way I can do that is to get people to believe. And the only way I can get people to believe is to have the words in this book. And he was referring to the Bible. And Denzel's character, Eli, um, said that it would be used the way it should be or it should have been used and he's not going to let it fall into anybody's hands. So when I think, when you ask that question, Terry, I, I do think about, that dichotomy between Carnegie and Eli. And I feel like for the longest time before faith had its uh, like 19th Renaissance out of what it was becoming, um, it was definitely weaponized and used and it was a form of control. Um, I, I do believe that the people who were influenced, you know, just like any other cult, the people who were influenced by the, the parishioners believe what they were doing was saving their souls but what they were actually doing was controlling the indigenous population because they couldn't enslave them because they were dying at massive rates. Um, they couldn't get rid of them, uh, you know, completely uh, commit genocide because public opinion wasn't there to support it. So the only way they could is by controlling them and converting them in a way, assimilating them, but they would never be assimilated because to them they were considered savages in North America. And uh, obviously then, you know, we, we've experienced a renaissance from that. But yes, that would be my answer. That's how I feel about it. It was picked in the, it was in the wrong hands and then weaponized uh, for uh, 
any in, you know used for anything other than what the scriptures were there for. Yep. And even before that, uh, even before, you know, um, the, the whites made their way to, uh, to North America, uh, even in Europe, you know, you want to talk about the crusades, like even before this affected indigenous people, you know, uh, uh, you talk about the crusades and, you know, like completely, what do I want to say? Like impressing christian religion or or even catholicism on you know unsuspecting individuals that believe something else buddhism shintoism whatever uh hinduism uh by force like plundering and and pillaging and and raping and and basically assimilating uh all of these um smaller uh countries and villages and tribes uh to to believe what we say you will believe, you know, uh, that's essentially what, that's how I, that's how I take the crusades. Uh, when the crusades took place, you know, of course, you know, Christianity fighting, uh, the religion of Islam and, and, um, you know, trying to tackle that. Well then, you know, fast forward to, um, you know, the Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, um, individuals coming over to North America with, uh, a, you know, like, the indigenous people have their own belief system. They have their own higher power, if you will. And, but, uh, but that's not good enough. You know, they're coming over and saying, Nope, you believe what we believe and you will be saved. You believe what we believe and, and you're going to heaven. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe and what you believe, no matter what it is, is wrong. Uh, and they didn't even, they didn't even take the time to understand, you know, indigenous people as a whole or, or what their religion was or what they believed, what their values were. I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, it doesn't matter. We're here now. And what, what we say is important, not you. (laughs) And so, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, we, we, we have, um, either Catholicism, you know, in the Roman Catholic church. Uh, or Christianity, for that matter, it was used as um, a way to usurp power from from any other, you know, religion that that might have already existed or belief that already existed. I guess that's the way that that I see it. Long story long. And one thing I want to be clear about is that uh, when uh, I say that you know, Christianity is being forced uh, down the throats of Native Americans or the indigenous population, you know, I'm not going to say that. Uh, I'm not going to rope and pull in every single person that was preaching Christianity as being an evildoer. I'm sure there's multiple people that these uh, missionaries and everything that were, you know, like their heart intentions and their, were good. Their intentions yeah. were really good. One thing I, I had uh, seen was that uh, you know I did a little bit of. Uh, you know, searching on the old Google uh, earlier, but, uh, you know, they, they were talking Googleplex. about uh, the missionaries uh, living among the Indians. Um, and one thing I found pretty interesting was a letter from a Franciscan friar, Juan de Escalona. I don't know how to say his last name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, uh, <clears throat> he was criticizing, uh, you know, all the atrocities that were committed by the Spanish governor of uh, New Mexico before it was New Mexico and uh, how it made it impossible to try to preach the gospel because the Native Americans despise any message of hope from those who would plunder their corn, steal their blankets, and leave them to starve. So, <clears throat> you know, you try to, uh, like the whole militarization of uh, Christianity, you know, trying to uh, use that as uh, a weapon or weaponized Christianity, bringing it on to the natives and uh, you know, forcing them out of their homes, trying to assimilate them. Christians, I guess. So, you know, they, well, one of the things I had was uh, 
you know, kill the Indian in him and save the man. You know, that, that's one uh, quote I remember from some time now. And, uh, you know, that, that was something that they used uh, when they founded the Indian boarding schools and everything, you know, just a, a simulation for Native American populations. But they want to bring in, uh, you know, um, all these indigenous kids into these uh, boarding schools uh, that were all either Catholic-run boarding schools, and they would cut the hair of the, uh, um, the, the kids, punish them for speaking their own language, uh, giving them the Bible, and teaching them how to speak English through the Bible, and basically forcing Christianity on them. You know, the one thing, listening to you talk about it too, when we think of you know revisionism, um, or the idea where we stare at historical things through today's virtues and morals, um, though revisionism is it, it actually sets back the purpose of history, right? But the one thing that revisionism never um, affects is the history of faith. What I mean by that is Christ, when he was on earth, he set the standard for hope and freedom and um, like a almost like an omniism for all faiths to unite under his banner. Um, and revisionism can't be used when you look at faith historically. You can look at it, uh, the owning of slaves. You can look at it, um, uh, you know, revisionism uh, or anti-revisionism when you're looking at the conquests of the 7th century Islamic empire mm -hmm. or then the crusades that happened afterwards. Yep. Um, you, can look at, you can look at that through a revisionist's uh, lens, but you can't look at the faith factor because the, the beginning, you know, the genesis of the Christian faith started with Jesus's death. Um, and the teachings that guide Christians come from his, his life. Right. But the faith itself comes from the fact that he resurrected, died and resurrected. So when, as a Christian, when you hear stories of, um, you know, cause these weren't happening in States, these were territories. So there's no political push behind it. Everything that, uh, happened to, uh, especially in America, uh, the indigenous people, you can't look at that and say, well, I mean, that's how it was back then. We were trying to nation build, you know, because you hear that sometimes or, you know, well, that was just the way because it was, you know, we were uh, one set of people versus another. And that's not the case. You cannot use revisionism for faith because the beginning of the faith, again, all those acts that happened to indigenous people. Can you imagine if Christ was walking with them and saying, uh, you know, are they're like, oh, we're going to conquer them. We're going to pillage their village and rape their women and, and force them. And Christ would say, this is not the way. Right. If you read Mark, you would understand that this is not the way. And so I just wanted to, the reason why I bring that up, Terry, is because I wanted to squash that because some listeners may think, well, that's just the way it was back then. Or, you know, they'll try to make some, you know, anti-revisionist uh, uh, yeah. ideology. And you yeah. can't apply we're, that we're here. Trying to culturally, it, yeah. Yeah. Right. culturally at the time, it was okay. Well, it was never okay. No, and, and we're not discussing cultures. We're, you know, and, and I would tell that to the listener. We're not discussing culture. We're discussing a weaponized faith. And especially, you know, and I know you've studied the Christian faith. I've studied basically all the faiths. Uh, oh, in, in, well, no, in divine studies. Like <laughs> I, I know you've studied the Christian faith, but I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't studied mean, them all. I didn't mean it that way. Uh, no, but I. But when you look at every theology master, when you look at um, theologian, when you look at all the faiths put together or side by side, Christianity is the only one that deals directly with today's like our sin as it is, and redemption from it. 
Yeah. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but, but right. Yeah. There, no, there is a lot of similarities, but there's only one faith that, that essentially re, there, there's uh, redemption in life versus redemption in death. And, and that's where the separation is. So we can't, anybody who would say, well, it's cultural or whatever, that, that doesn't apply when we're speaking about faith, especially a faith that is driven in redemption and hope. And as we said last time, breaker of chains, you can't say those things and then put people in chains and say, well, it's for God. Yeah. What's up, Khaleesi? Yeah. So, um, what is so, up? Qu- so question. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hi. <laughs> so question though, like, um, you know, I've got a, a couple examples I can think of, but, but I guess I want to hear this, you know, like from, from one of you two. So, I mean, that you know, there's obviously examples that we provided that, you know, where religion or Christianity specifically was weaponized uh, and used against a specific population or indigenous people, you know, to uh, assimilate them into, you know, that that belief system. Uh, do you have any examples of how that's happening today? Like um, either you know, from a individual standpoint, like if there's individual, um, leaders or, um, televangelists or anything like that, uh, tell like from an individual standpoint or from an organizational standpoint, uh, not necessarily, I'm not asking you to name like a specific church or anything like that, but, but examples of how, uh, Christianity is being weaponized uh, for the purpose of power and not for the for the purpose of Christ's love. Uh, do either of you have any examples of 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 that that's that's happening right now uh, today at this very moment? The modern church, I think, is uh, you know you talk about televangelist or um, any kind of example of something that what we saw historically happening today. But of course, the things that happened historically can't happen today. You know, the access to information is, is too um, too easy. So just well, the access to accurate information, though, um, no, there's it's still a little skewed. The access to information, yes, but, you know, whether well, like, it's accurate or not. Like Denzel Washington said, if you don't listen to the news, you're uninformed. If you do listen to the news, you're misinformed. I don't think there ever is really accurate information. Um God, that's the second Denzel Washington reference I made I know, on this man. podcast. I know. But, uh, no. um, but we were also talking about, you know, like uh, Emancipation Proclamation. I was thinking about uh, Glory, the movie Glory, which also had Denzel Washington. Yes, it did. Anyway. But uh, I do agree with you, though, Josh, that uh, the information out there, I mean, it's available right now for everyone to look at. But it's a lot of information. It's up for the individual to discern the truth from that information. Yeah. Exactly. And the the example that we see today is the modern church doing what it did historically, but from a different angle. I mean, capitalism has created so much wealth in this world today that especially in, in the United States, people um, in their same social economical status now versus, you know, even 800 years ago, 600 years ago uh, would be considered poor. And so the church understands this and the and, and not the church that we speak of uh, as far as what we belong to, but the modern religion church, uh, the one that is, um, I think, still doing what they, you know, what they were doing to the Native Americans. Uh, they're the ones who uh, capitalize on 
preying on people's fears and they know that. So they come out with those books like we talked about last episode. Um, they come out with books. They come out with ways to incite fear and incite uh, uncertainty. But passive aggressively, though, like low key. So it's right. not like, oh, I'm so afraid I'm going to follow. It's it's very subtle. Correct. Yeah. So and, and, and again, if you're, you know, now, now it's a virus. Now it's. Yeah, there's always something. <laughs> the fear. That, yeah. that doesn't mean that it equates the, the victims of uh, the church doing that. I'm not equating that to the victims of Manifest Destiny or the Inquisition or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that the church um, doesn't need to weaponize the Bible in a way that they could conquer. They just need to conquer us economically, I think, is what's going on. Because it, around the world, what you're seeing is Christianity outside of that one extremist group in Kenya, uh, the children of God. I don't remember what they call themselves outside of them. Most Christians outside of, of, of the, of the Western world are, um, they're actually under assault. I mean, Christianity being a, being a Christian anywhere, but the Western world is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in, in America and in the Western world, I think to answer your question that it, it's still happening, it's just, they're capitalizing on funds. And of course they'll tell you that they're going to send these funds to those Coptic Christians who are getting beheaded in Egypt or, uh, those Christians who are being uh, jailed in China, that's not what's happening, obviously, because those well, people it may are, be happening, but they're they're putting a surcharge on it or they're, you know, yeah. they're calling it whatever they want to. And so, of, uh, yeah, 15 cents on the dollar, four <laughs> cents on the dollar go to the people yeah. who need we helped administrative <laughs> duty. Yeah. Administrative yeah, costs. Yeah. But to answer your question, I think that's what we're seeing today. You're never going to see a church come right out and start uh, uh, another inquisition or another manifest destiny. But what you are or going to see some kind of religious militia, right? Yeah. Right. You're going to see, you're going to see more, well, even the, you know, even the ones who call themselves, you know, uh, you know, the, the idiots who are going after BLM or, or, you know, the ones who are going after peaceful protesters, they say they're doing it in the name of God, but uh, we all know what's really going on. Uh, it's right. more politically driven, but as far as what what uh, a religion is actually doing to a group of people, you're not going to actually see a religion as a whole, uh, pull something like they did back in those days. And even back in those days, there was something that happened. You know, like uh, one thing that I strongly believe is that God is able, since he can't control our free will, God is able to take the free will of others that have negatively impacted people. And he's able to pull some sort of positive from it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that because then, you know, the revival started to happen where they pulled away from that. Christians caused manifest destiny. Christians also stopped it. Christians caused slavery Christians also stopped it. So yeah. it, it, it's one of those, you know, give and takes, but, um, you know. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you don't, long, don't, long don't rope them all into one bad person. Right. It's, it's not one evil entity. That, right. Uh, well, well, basically, you know, the, the institution of, uh, of Christianity would probably be the most evil thing, but uh, the person or people that are part of it, not everybody doing wrong. Right. And I think Christ knew that even in the Bible and the examples because Judas Iscariot, was not only the one who um, betrayed Christ, but he was also his treasurer, and he was also stealing copious amounts of money from him, you know, because Jesus did get uh, a lot of um, donations. But Jesus knew that, but he still, or even like Peter, Peter was going to be the rock that he built his church on, yet Peter denied him three times. You know, we see mm-hmm. these examples, but we also see the redemption that goes with it. But modern religion, uh, once religion got a hold of Christianity, I think that's when we started to see the decline of the moral ethics uh, that Christ handed down. And we started seeing a more human moral ethic, which of course always leaves room for corruption. So in today's church, especially in today's church, you're not going to see 
uh, manifest destiny. You're not going to see the Inquisition, but what we are going to see is guilt. You're going to see playing on fears. You're going to see greed. Uh, greed. Oh, then uh, yeah, it all leads to their own greed. Mm-hmm. And the more and, you know, you look at like the the Mormon Church. I have yet to meet a bad Mormon, but yet their church sits on so much money. True. And they don't do a lot with it except help each other. And again, you know, if you love somebody who loves you back, where's the Mm-hmm. You know, where's the gift in that? So yeah, where's the gift? So, where's, you know, where's not necessarily the, the followers, right. not necessarily the followers being right the wrongdoers. It's the the heads of the church. Itself. Exactly, and the followers themselves are saturated with Christ. The ones who are doing good, those are the ones who are going to have the many crowns. But when I, when you know, Ben and I, and then eventually when we started this podcast, the purpose of it was to bring back the uh, the Christian, the the no, not the Christian, but the follower of Christ, the person who does these things out of love to understand that those are the people who are, um, that those are the people who Christ was talking about, who he was talking directly to the, these, these figureheads, these big, you know, big wigs that are, 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 you know, creating almost a, a cult, uh, with the faith. They're the ones that are going to be held to a heretical standard. And I don't want to be that person. Right. But they're also driving people who want hope, who want to belong, who want to understand something greater than themselves. Uh, they're pushing them away um, you know, like the old analogy goes, the harder you squeeze, the more stuff comes out between your fingers. And I think those people who are, are escaping from those fingers, it's not just about their souls. It's about the life that they're living here today. And the more and more they drive into chaos, the more, um, you know, the deeper they go into their own depression, their own guilt, their own sadness, and then they lose hope. And I think in today's times, especially in today's times, we could use more hope. And that's why we're doing what we're doing so that we can identify, yes, these, we are with you. These people are terrible people who are doing this, but at the same time, we want to reintroduce you to the person who created the faith and show you how it should be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I can totally relate to that. Um, but I mean, and the thing is it's sifting out all of that fake bullshit, uh, to, to actually get to, to the meat of what Christ's intention was in the very beginning. I don't, I don't think Christ ever intended the church to be the way that it is. No, like ever, you know, like, uh, Oh, okay. You know, like if you were to walk, walk up today, you know, to a church service, okay, that's, I mean, it's cool. We're, we're using, uh, technology and and lights and stuff like that. But why, you know, like, what are we, what are we doing this for? What, what purpose does this have? And I honestly think that it would be one of those things where he'd look at it and say, okay, is that necessary? Is that necessary to share what I shared with the disciples 2000 years ago? Or uh, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, uh, is that necessary to push God's love further? I I think they just use lights and smoke and music and everything to just draw everybody's attention to it because their sermons are so boring and (laughs) they can either either that or they're they're throwing out their message and hiding it behind the music and the lights and everything like yeah for sure to tug at the heartstrings i mean there's a certain amount of manipulation that that that, that's involved in there or there's it's all manipulation in some cases uh and so yeah i i i agree with you that you know like if they didn't have lights and everything else but what I'm saying is, if Christ came back, I think that he would question everything. Yeah, like I don't think there, oh, there'd be anything like unturned where, where, uh, so to speak, that that Christ would would say, "No, we can leave that alone." I, I think you got that one right. I have a hard time believing that he would be completely okay with uh, people being manipulated in his name. Yeah, oh, he wouldn't. Um, I mean, he even he he addressed that too. 
you know, even the idea of a church on Sunday, Christ kind of destroyed when he was walking and the Pharisees saw Christ break grain and let the disciples eat on Sunday. And the, and the Pharisees were like, whoa, 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 you know, that's, you know, we got to keep the Sabbath holy. That's an act of, uh, of blasphemy. And then when you look at Sermon on the Mount or you look at when Christ did teach what our, our churches are supposed to be modeled after is what Christ did, right? But when you watch what he did, it, today's church is more about, it's almost like a indoctrination of, of one man or woman's, what am I trying to say? An indoctrination of one man or woman's like interpretation of what the scripture says, right? Whereas Christ was the scripture. He was the word. He was in the beginning, there was, you know, God in the word. And so really the Bible kind of speaks for itself when it comes to Christ's teachings, Paul, he gets a little in the, in the weeds and, you know, we can, we may have a, a series on that later on about Paul because I do have issues with Paul. Sure. But when you, when you break it down um, and I think the term even is called a Jesusist, I swear to God, that's what it's called. People a Jesusist. Who, yeah. They, they completely reject the teachings of Paul. Oh, they, gotcha. They, okay. They only listen to Christ, the words in red. And when you break down Jesus's words, it is all about hope. Yeah, the Beatitudes. Yes, he does give us uh, uh, examples and uh, rules to live by, you know, what it means to love others because... So what about Hebrews? Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that say they suspect that it was Paul that wrote it, but really, I mean, the author of Hebrews is kind of unknown. Uh, I think it's John, and I'll tell you why I think it's John, because Hebrews takes the old law and then takes Jesus. With these Jesusists, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know too much about him, more about that. I just think that John, I think the Hebrews was written by John specifically because the structure of Hebrews is similar to the structure of John. John. Sure, John doesn't, I can see that. Yeah, John doesn't spend a lot of time, you know, proving that Jesus is, is you know, he, what he does is he goes in and it's already assumed. Yeah. Like, he just comes out and says, like, even like you know, when you look at when they talk about John the Baptist baptizing Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a similar story of Jesus uh, or of when John the Baptist baptized Jesus because they introduced John as the next Elijah. Right. Whereas John pays very little attention to John the Baptist because that's not the point. And that's what I love about John. He was like, yeah, some people say he's Isaiah, whatever. Here's Jesus. And I think that's what Hebrews does. Um, Where as far as Jesus goes, I, the, the little research I've done about them, because I was confused by, by Paul's writings too, some of them. Sure. But when I looked into it, the, the, the structure of a Jesusist is basically somebody who reads the red, reads the red ink. And if, it's, if, if the red ink is in the book, that's what they read. They completely reject all of Paul's writings simply because they think Paul was a man of, um, of opportunity. Uh, I don't know what opportunity Paul would have had at that point because he had the complete power of the Sanhedrin, you know, Pharisees, Sadducees behind him. Sure. Uh, so what he gave up, but he was a he was a smart man. He was a wealthy man. He was an educated man. There was really nothing for him to gain to become a Christian. I just don't agree with his interpretation of things. Man, I don't know. The thing is, for some people, like with with Paul, what what if it was that he was you know more likable as a Christian as opposed to solitary? Well, he was a, you know? he, he was a zealot too. I mean, isn't he referenced as the zealot? The zealot, yeah. yeah. But so like I mean, because I think about that, like there are a lot of Christian rock bands, you know, like a lot of Christian bands that are that uh, basically choose to be Christian, in my opinion, uh, so that that way, because they can't make it in the mainstream, yeah. they can't make it in the secular industry. So like they'll, they'll gain more attention, they'll gain more traction, they'll gain more followers, and ultimately more money through that whole process if they start as a Christian band. Then once they get a name for themselves, they start branching out from that. Yeah. You know, And so like I would consider Paul to be in that category. He was like, 
basically the uh, the pioneer of these uh, in air quotes Christian artists. Yeah, you know? well, it reminds me of like jars of clay. Yeah, or, jars uh, of clay or POD or uh, Hawk Nelson was a really bad one, and you guys probably haven't heard of Hawk Nelson, but I mean Hawk Nelson, like I I played their stuff all the time when when uh, I was a youth pastor. I'm like, well, their message really isn't about Christ, but I mean they're labeled as a, a Christian group. Um, basically, they're uh, Canadian artists, and they're just, just trying to get their foot in the door. And and I can't like diss on them for that, but it's like, yeah, the only reason you're in the uh, the Christian uh, realm is because you couldn't make it in the secular industry, and so you get your foot in the door because you know Christians the, like Christian youth they'll listen to to anything. You know, like I, I'm not. What I'm saying is if you, if you put the Christian label on it, they'll say, well, it's got to be good. You know, my parents will approve. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and listen to yeah. it. You know, they have that. It's automatic. They don't have the explicit lyric. It's the same with uh, Christian rap artists, too. I mean, there's a uh, do or a, die. Art, do or artist, die is the one that reminds Yeah, artists called uh, grit or uh, excuse me. Artists called grits. My life be like, ooh, ah. Uh. <laughs> that's grits. Uh, you, you may have heard it and, and you know, that that's the thing. They got their foot in the door in the Christian uh, mainstream, but, uh, uh, but then they end up fly leaf. Was that one? The, I thought they were. Christian uh, yeah. Fly leaf was the at waiting, one time, but they were like, uh, like almost hard rock. Yeah. The, the waiting, mm-hmm. uh, even, even Creed, man, like Creed. They, they tried. Started, yeah. yeah. Well, Hawk yeah. Nelson, it's funny. You bring them up. Because when you said that, I had to, I had to look up Hawk Nelson right quick because it yeah. sounded really familiar. Yeah. The problem that comes with that, and here's where Christians really need to pay attention, uh, followers of Christ too. Uh, so you're right, and I'll tell you why. Hawk oh. Nelson, no, no, I, it's yeah. rare that I, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, Hawk Nelson's lead singer just came out and said he no longer believes in God. Yeah, and uh, that's why I bring that's why I bring it up. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was definitely going to oh. segue in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a pastor's kid, you know, like he was a PK for a long time. Exactly, and they that that and then all of a sudden you have these leagues of Christians who fall in love with this band. It, it, they're they're idolizing man over God, mm-hmm. which is exactly what starts the Inquisition and the manifest. You know, all those bad things happen because Christians take their eyes off of Christ and they focus on you know, uh, idols or, or people who represent the faith, like the Pope, which was more powerful than the King of England until Henry the eighth. Yep. And that is what starts these, uh, these religious wars that are not in God's name, even though they try to say it is, but then you go back to like Hawk Nelson, their lead singer, all of a sudden, well, I don't believe in God, dude, you never believed in God, but you knew you couldn't make it as a secular singer. And it's easy to get into the Christian game if you have a little bit of talent. All you got to say is, I love Christ, and say the right things. And he knew what to say. Yeah, absolutely. He was a PK, man. He grew up in that. Yeah, you cannot compare yourself. And one of my favorite Christian bands is King and Country because you can actually hear the passion. Yeah, their love for Christ and their music. Exactly. Um, But that doesn't mean that I look at King and Country as a representation of my faith. It's just I like what they have to say. But You admire them. You admire them. You you, you have a a certain amount of respect for them as, as an artist and the fact fact that you feel like they're not going to change that i remember uh man this was like 15 years ago or maybe even 20 years ago because i'm old ray bolts man i don't know if you remember ray bolts and of course i mean like he uh, some of his lyrics were like 
basically as close to doctrine as you can possibly get, you know, like watch the lamb or, or thank you for giving to the Lord. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know some people can hear it right now. Like in, individuals that have been, been around the, the Christian scene as long as I have, they, they can hear Ray Bolt's voice right now as I'm talking. He came out as gay. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I was just going to say, so, didn't he come out gay? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, what do I do now? Ray Bolt's was my favorite Christian artist. And he, he was the next, he was the next closest thing to God. And, and, and he's gay, but I don't, but I, I don't know how I feel about gay people. And I'm not, I, you know, like I read the Bible in Leviticus chapter 18 talks about depravity and homosexuality is wrong. It's a just sin. Got played. You're going to hell. Yeah. You just got played because guess what? This, this man came out as gay. Is he, is he wrong? No, that's, that's his choice. That's his life choice. That's his lifestyle. And that's that, you know, if he's, if he's happy that way, that's the way that if it he's is. Born that, yeah, yeah. If he, if, if that's how he is, you know, chemically born that way, whatever, that does not diminish his place in the kingdom. Right. No, all, all, all of a sudden yeah. he's going to hell and, and I might be going to hell now if I don't repent yeah. because I followed him. Oh my no, God. That's, that's bullshit. Like, so, you get, I mean, you also have to think like how many people have always been like, okay, you know, I can accept that. Does that make him? evil yeah yeah right well yeah and then yeah the followers that did that that did admire him did respect him or whatever and say so uh i still like his music uh oh well in that case do you love christ so then it develops do you love others then yeah that's what i'm saying but then it develops this rift in in the in the in a superficial christian community that says well i mean if you if you're okay with that or like michael w smith you know like and 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 amy Amy grant Grant. oh my god Dude, like all these old ones, and it's one like, minute you have to hate her, and yeah. then the next minute you have to love her because she kept going back and baby, forth. Baby, baby, and it's, what's funny about <laughs> what's funny about that is, is they had the same example in the '60s and '70s with Johnny Cash. Yeah, oh, Johnny yeah. Cash did the exact same oh, thing. Man. So, yeah. it, it, but all of this leads to this one point. It seems kind of superficial that we're talking about it when it comes to this subject, but take that same mentality and put it back in the medieval times, or into times where we didn't have. Uh, access to information right away these people looked to pope leo they looked to uh, oral roberts or they looked to whatever fucking pastor was you know blabbering about indians being terrible people they looked to these people as spiritual leaders and that same mentality that people had with hawk nelson or with um ray bolt ray Ray bolt yeah um that same mentality though still transcends because that mentality is what led to people going, you know, if the Pope says uh, we should head down to Jerusalem and execute, you know, and, and rape and pillage on the way there, then maybe we should. It's the same. That's the yeah. same. That's yeah. the same problem. So I He's guess. going to allow it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, you know, all we're doing is giving these Native Americans blankets and they're dying. I guess it must be God. Oh, it, my it, God. But it, you know, and I say that cheekily, but so hundreds of thousands of, of indigenous people died and people because one or two men or women said, you know, well, this is actually God manifest. This is what we're supposed yeah. to do. It's like all of a sudden they got leagues of people behind them. It was the true followers of Christ who sat back and went, well, I mean, but Wait when I read, it yeah, true. Like Martin Luther's yes. says, something's not right here. Exactly. Because they read the words of Christ and then they see the actions of the shepherds yeah. who were supposed to be the stewards of Christ's words. And those, the, their actions don't represent what Christ had originally uh, uh, put on earth for us to follow, then it's like, well, now, you know, I'm questioning that. And those are the yeah. same people that got hunted and murdered and burned. And, you know, and it still happens today. I mean, look at us or, or look at people who are like us. We can sit here and curse. We can uh, joke around. We can we can have one foot in the secular pool, and one foot in the Christian pool and still 
be okay with ourselves. And the majority of uh, evangelicals will look at that and say, uh, you're fence riding. That, yeah. that one of those terms that we didn't really yeah. talk about last Seeker week. Seeker friendly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are completely missing the point of what Christ did. Yeah. Christ, when John's disciples caught Jesus drinking with tax collectors, they're like, why is my rabbi not allowed to drink, but you can? And Christ goes, uh, cause they, they invited me into yeah. their house. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to turn down their company. Yeah. It's those subtle nuances that people miss because they're so wrapped up in Leviticus. Yeah. Oh man. They're so wrapped up in the old Testament period, you yeah. know, but, uh, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 18 is terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh my God. Uh, sleeping with dogs and shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, is the thing is though you, you can't there's a certain amount of accountability that you you can't there that you have to overlook uh for some of these evangelicals though because or at least give them the benefit of the doubt um because you know like they they find a church they find where they belong but then they're indoctrinated with this stuff do you know what i mean yeah. so like it, they're 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 taught to believe this way like you can't be you can't be on, on the fence. Don't get too upset with the evangelicals, okay? Like uh, unless they're intentionally doing it, like unless they're one of the figureheads, unless they they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, the the sheep, and and I'm not talking about that in a negative connotation. I'm talking about how the church refers to you know uh, the shepherd is the pastor and the sheep are the the uh, the lay people that that belong to the church. It's been mm-hmm. referred to that way before, and it's referred that. Well, see, that's that's what I'm saying. When I say sheep, it has a negative connotation yeah, because, yeah, so, yeah, it's like, oh, it's just a follower, a lemming, you know, that's yeah. going to jump off a cliff. But I'm saying individuals that belong to a church that that are just being fed this, this, uh, you know, at least give them some benefit of the doubt uh, because they're indoctrinated this way, like that. This is the way that they're they're taught in 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 the church that they're in. So. There is a certain amount of accountability, though, that I do expect evangelicals to take. There is a certain amount of accountability that I take that I expect anyone to take, and that's to question what you're what you're subjecting yourself to learn. You know, like, uh, um, okay, so it's not okay for an individual to to cuss, or it's not okay for an individual to drink alcohol moderately. Why? Why? I mean, question that. Why? What, what? What is it? Well, because that will lead to something else. Well, won't eating lead to gluttony? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. And I'm not saying that, okay, it's okay to drink alcohol for anybody. No, if you have a problem with it, if, if you drink even one and that one leads to 20, then, you know, take some personal accountability and realize that you, you can't control drinking one. Where, you know, like if you're, if you eat a Big Mac, but then you need six. Mm-hmm. Terry, uh, flayo fishes. <laughs> I do like when you, when you like when you order like five, but you're talking or into the Mac the, rib. Uh, oh. You're talking in the speaker like you're ordering for your family. <laughs> what was that? Well, you, anybody need yeah, anything? Okay, yeah. There's that, nobody else in the car. Uh, yeah, I hope you listeners add, uh, add two more to that, please. I, I hope the listeners can relate when you're really hungry and you're alone and you don't want to be fat shamed. By right, the right, exactly. Yeah, by some. Yeah, yes, by some cashier. Is that all for you? And they're like, I'll take a number four, hold the pickles, large size, of course, with a Dr. Pepper. And oh, what did she want again? 
Oh, and a double cheeseburger and a fish fillet. <laughs> and oh, you got those shamrock shakes? Yeah, uh, I'll take you three. Mean, you mean come a little <laughs> You act like you're on the phone when you pull up. Okay, honey, I got it. Yeah, I'll bring you your food. It. You know that shit ain't it's, making it it's home. All, it's all gone by the time you get there. That double cheeseburger and that fish fillet don't make it. Bye. That, that's, that, that's the ride home. That's, that's at the, the stoplight. Yeah. Large order of fries. That's pregame. And I'm still looking out the windows yeah. making sure nobody can see me shove that shit in my yeah. gullet. Like, <laughs> oh, got a little tartar yeah. sauce on the pants. Luckily, luckily I live about 12, 13 miles away from the closest McDonald's. So by the time I get home, it's all gone. Oh, man. No, yeah. Yeah, you always see those people talking about, oh, you ate all my fries on those commercials. Like, you know, damn well he ordered two, a Big Mac on the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those no, were your fries to begin with. Nobody gets you full know, when you, when you, Yeah, when you have to order fries for other people, you, you dump a few of them out of the bag. Oh, yeah. And then you just hand them the, their half empty. Yep. Uh, we call them orphans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those bag, bag fries. fries. Yeah. <laughs> Claim. Yeah. It's those like are, the, uh, the bag of uh, fries you get from uh, Five Guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you that's you what get it's the like. cup. Yeah. And I get the bag. Right. <laughs> They're like, thanks. It's They've like never been there before. Of the fries. Yeah. That's okay. And you look in there and it's like, yeah, halfway up yeah. with a bucket of ketchup. You're just like, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I agree that the only issue that I run into is that when these evangelicals uh, get involved in groupthink and then they, they, they completely ignore the voices who are actually trying to speak out to what Christ was saying. That is what happens when people speak out to the atrocities committed uh, by so-called Christians who are doing it in the name of God. But we know that, you know, it's not those people who spoke out were were hunted. They were, you know, they were lynched and yep. uh, and, and still goes on today. Right. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I would never hold it against the person for doing it. But as soon as I see well, at least a certain portion, you know, right. there's a certain there's a certain amount of accountability they need to take. But but I'm also saying, you know, like kind of ride the fence and yeah, say, yeah. well, give them the benefit of the doubt and or at least understand where they're coming from, because they may be coming from a situation where, you know, like that, man, they've been in church for 20 years, 25 years, and it's all they know. Right. So, you know, like they're going to pass judgment, even though they have no business doing that. But right. but but they don't know because it's, you know, yeah. it's well, where they're coming from. And also, too, it, it, when you look at all these bad things that happened historically, the popular opinion, which was not secular. I mean, up until recently, society was not that secular. Not until the Bolshevik Revolution in, in Russia did we see a, a, a civilized or Western um, country that was uh, popular opinion wasn't guided by a Judeo-Christian principle. But popular opinion was never on the side of these people doing these horrible things. It was only until stuff started going wrong, you know, uh, politically or financially, when when the the ones who remained silent was like, okay, well, now that now that we're kind of taking a break here, let's discuss the morality of what we're doing. And, um, yeah. you know, I wrote a really good book. I wish I could remember what it was called. I didn't come prepared. But when I in college, when I took a course um, on modern history, it was the beginning of time to the 1800s. And they talked about the Crusades. And, yeah, you know, the the Crusades, there was a lot of things behind it. But uh, they were trying to establish a trade route with, uh, with the East, uh, w which was mostly what Europe was trying to do. But it was under the name of, you know, they, they marched with the banner. And, um, but it was only until the third crusade when King Richard and the subsequent Queens, Kings after that blew through the reserves, the financial reserves, did the popular opinion change. 
But this book talked about the popular opinion was always there. It's just people were afraid to speak about it because when it came to religion, if you had any religion other than the Pope's religion, you were considered a heretic and you were burned at the stake. But if you went against it politically, because we just don't have the money and, you know, shit's going wrong around us, all of a sudden it's okay. Like now the Pope's like, well, they're not against it religiously. They're against it politically. So we need to hear them out. But all the way up until slavery, you know, uh, in America or even beyond when Christians, it was, you know, Christ was used as the reason. But then the, the majority of Christians sat silently waiting for their moment to come out. What, what I think we're trying to say is you don't need to wait for that anymore. You're not hunted in America. You can speak out about these things now and prevent the next, you know, need for Black Lives Matter to come out or the next, uh, you know, major movement fighting systemic racism because us as Christians have sat so docile for so long knowing that these things are wrong, but we didn't know how to speak out about it because our church didn't really address it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Cause you're waiting on the, the mouthpiece of your church. You're waiting for your figurehead to, to lead your church in the right direction. But then, you know, like you don't know what the right direction is because the, you know, the, the pastor's the leader, the pastor's the head of the church, right. you know? So it's like, uh, you know, but again, that that brings us full circle to the very beginning. You know, shame on these pastors that are leading churches uh, that you know for for their own uh, political or monetary or spiritual gain. Right. You know, like shame on them. Right, and you know, and I think it goes back to the very first thing you said, and I say this a lot off air to people. If if you ever if you ever want to really if you ever want a really good sounding board to, to put those pastors up against, just remember what Ben said in episode one, uh, look at what Christ did and how he was able to do so much with so little. And then look at what your pastors are doing. How can they do so little with so much? And if you have to ask that question and it verifies and validates how you feel and what you see in your church, then it's probably time to speak up or find another church. The idea is that the moment you get a lot of money, your church gets a lot of money. That's the moment that we should be seeing the most good being done in our communities with missionaries all across the world, feeding the homeless, uh, marching with uh, the people who've suffered injustices, not hiding behind it. Um, you know, things like that. If, if you ask that question, Christ was able to do so little with, or so much with so little. And then you look at your church and you say, you know what? We do a lot with so little then you're probably in the right place. And at that point, then you can start asking the questions within your own church family. You know, you don't like how they're doing certain things. That's fine. All those things are minimal compared to the social impact that's impacting people who are on the fence who or who are atheist or agnostic. And they, you know that they want to hear this message. You know that they want to have this faith and be followers of somebody who showed us the true way to live, you know. But if your church isn't doing that, I think that's the part where you have to, you know, like Ben said, speak up and, uh, you know, don't sit silently because that's when injustices continue to happen. Be a sea-sayer. See something, say something. See something, say, yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Terry? So what were your thoughts on it, Ben? What we heard were, from uh, Josh. Well, yeah. Uh, what were my, uh, as far as like how Christianity is weaponized today? Yeah. Well, no, nah, I mean, you know, like... Would you still, would you, uh, like, rope in Westboro Baptist Church in that? Is that being weaponized? Oh, man. Well, I mean, y yes. Uh, in, in the in the literal sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
when I think of faith, or you know, I don't mean to answer for you, Ben, but when I think of faith and, and being a follower of Christ compared to the religion, I, places like the Westboro Baptist Church or um, you know that 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 crazy ass uh, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, you know, people like that who kind of branch off. I don't I don't lump them in because th- those. Uh, I mean, yes, those that's an example, but as far as like even like the Kenneth Copelands of the world would never identify with a church like Westboro Baptist. No. And it's not even because it would be bad money or it would be bad for money. They, they wouldn't do it simply because that's the extreme of what they're fighting against, you know? Right. Like there's even morals. I mean, I even give Kenneth Copeland, those guys the benefit of that when it comes to certain morals. And I think Westboro Baptist church, especially, I mean, I don't even think they're a thing anymore, but I like even, even their morals, they can't, you know, that, that Westboro Baptist Church crosses their line. And it's hard to even imagine those guys having a line because they manipulate millions of people to give them millions of dollars. But I mean, even then when you're, when you're parading, you know, or praising dead soldiers, I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that, I mean, that would be an example of like a, a violent faction breaking off and weaponizing it. Uh, overall though, you know, I don't, I don't even think that the major church would, uh, would do that. I, this the, these headphones are too small for my head. They keep sliding down. <laughs> Three sizes. Too no, small. so yeah, with Westboro Baptist and that, um, uh, we were talking about subtle differences or subtle uh, subtle weaponization of Christianity, and and that is anything but. Uh, they're, they're, they're over the top, you know, there's nothing subtle about it. They, they are exactly, and and that's why they're so easy to, to point out. Um, but the, the majority of the churches that are weaponizing Christianity, uh, are, are not like that at all. And of course they recognize it and say, well, that's not us, you know, that's not us. That's not how we operate. So then it makes it okay to the general public and says, well, okay. You know, like, I mean, cause they're not doing the same shit that Westboro Baptist is. Westboro Baptist is over the top, right. you know, they're, they're radical, they're extreme or extremists, you know, and so or borderline cold. Um, but Christianity, no, no, not us. We're, we're not weaponizing anything. No. When you look at a pendulum swing, you know, the, the two stuff, uh, the two, um, you know, stopping points, but you never know in between. Yep. And so it's easy when you point at one stopping point and say, that's not us. Westboro Baptist. Yeah, exactly. Right. Westboro Baptist is one. And then, and then, and then the, the best church known to man that I've never visited yet, uh, that, that does everything with every last penny that they have is on the other side, which again, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been to that church. I wish, yet. I, I wish, I mean, no jokes. I'm, I really, this is even trying to be funny, but I really, God, I wish you could have knew Pastor Wiley. That was the church he ran. That was the church I was brought up in until my parents moved yeah. us to another area. But no, I mean, yeah, I, I'm no, I know you. And you've told you yeah. told me about Pastor Wiley. And the thing is, I would have loved, I would have loved to go to his church. I would have loved to to meet him. Yeah. Um. Just because he sounds like like uh such a great guy and and wanted and had nothing but love in his heart for for a fellow man yeah. or or woman. When when you would meet when you would meet when Pastor Wiley would have you meet him at his house, like your family, like if you were a new member to the church, cause his church, he was a white guy. His wife was awesome, but our church was in the middle of the hood. And if you were, if he, if you if a new family would come over and, and come visit you or God, if they would come over to the church and he would want to meet you. So if you're like, let's say we were a family and we decided to start going to grace brethren, we would, uh, he would have us over for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like he would just say, come on over, come to my house. Where's your house? Well, come to the church. And I remember we went to the church and he goes, all right, come to my house. And we're like, 
Okay. And we go around the corner and the alley, that's a little small alley. It's like a wood chips are in this alley. It's not even a drivable alley. Is this camper. And the camper is hooked to the hose on the side. And that was his house. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad saying, uh, Pastor Wiley, where, like, why do you live in this thing? And Wiley's like, I can, my wife and I can live in here and be completely content and happy. There is no reason why the church should pay us any more than we're getting paid now when there are people who are suffering in the streets. Oh, so people like that do exist. Oh, man. And he, God, he was, I, you know, and I learned from this man. It wasn't until I had to, until that church closed and we had to go to uh, another church where it was back to the same old, same old. You know, he pulled up in his Lincoln and had his big rings. And yeah. Wiley was the associate pastor his, there. His, he honks his horn. He's got like a like a personalized horn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a. <laughs> yeah, right our god is an awesome god yeah <laughs> with the with the israeli flag and the american should flag. should be that ray bolts thanks for giving to the lord yeah, right, exactly <laughs> uh no he he you know uh, he would wiley was an associate pastor there and he could only take that crap so long before he retired um but yeah uh, i just had to bring that up because he said you have yet to see and i know that you know those exist it's just you haven't seen one, and I was just expressing my like, man, I wish you could have, because it, it, that I think, and that's why when I wanted to start this podcast, or I've always had this uh, idea of some sort of movement I wanted to be part of, it was because I, I was spoiled with that, and I did see the real lessons of Christ being handed down just to go to another church, and I, you know, and from there I've been to Assembly of God, I've been to a Southern Baptist church, I've been to a Catholic church, I've been to a Presbyterian church and a Wesleyan church, and all those churches, it was just some weird form of subtle manipulation where, uh, you know, like the Assemblies of God, where it's like, oh, you had that thought, well, you're going to hell, and it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's it's come on, yeah, man. exactly, and, and whereas why waiting around for uh, tongues and interpretation yeah. after the. I mean, now go in this booth right. and confess your sins. There's an old hairy masturbation. Man. <laughs> so I, I, it's just told you, I don't, there's not a rosary big enough. No. <laughs> but then I, but then I daydream about the idea that what if after Christ's death, a church, the church, instead of falling in the hands of Justin and Constantine, who created the church as we knew it in the Holy Roman empire, the hands of a man like pastor Wiley or to a great man who, set out i i honestly do not believe the western world would have been built on slavery and and conquest and i think that's where a lot of that came from was from the pope and, and the early church and constantine and justine using christ and the and the message that christ sent as a as a reason to continue their conquest of indigenous people the germanians you know and 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 most of europe and the celts and all them i don't think you'd see that same uh reaction so rather than pine about the past, which uh, a lot of agnostics and atheists want Christians to do, I, I, I would I would um, give another thing or I, I would then challenge a Christian to say rather than pine, be the change. Right. Be that person that stands up against the church or the the, the indoctrination and be the ant, you know, the antithesis of that and change it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of laughing at me because I hit the table. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm laughing because at you because you said antithesis. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. I mean, it's I'm sorry you, my education it, scares you. I didn't go to Alchemy State. And <laughs> antithesis. Yeah, 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 Hogwarts Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Wizard! Butterbeer. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, off topic, uh, Sam's going to be Harry Potter. 
for Halloween, and I please be Hagrid. I am. I I agree. (laughs) I agree. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, I agree to be uh, uh, Hoggle. It's Hoggle. Hoggle. No, it's not. It's Hagrid. (laughs) I I agree to be Hagrid. (laughs) You know, Hoggle. Hoggle from the labyrinth, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's who Kenneth Copeland. That's who Kenneth Copeland looks like. Is Hoggle? Speaking of what uh, you know, you know how uh, Fred Phelps looked. Do you ever watch Poltergeist Two? Uh-huh. And Kane, the preacher, doesn't oh, that look yeah. like Fred Phelps? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I I knew who you were talking about with Kane. I was just thinking Fred Phelps. Oh, Westboro Baptist. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he when he died, I uh, posted the picture of Kane <laughs> from. Poltergeist 2, same recipes for Recipes. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't that dude oh, though shit. before he died also didn't he come out and uh, regret? Starting Westboro. Yes, he did. I almost because. No, he, yeah, no, yeah. I was shaking my head because oh. I was like, yeah, this is unbelievable because and but that's the thing. Somebody's got to pick up the torch. That's Somebody's got to carry the mantle. We're crazy as shit. Guess what? We still are. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. right before he dies, he's like, I'm going to just repent just in case. And it's like, I, yeah. dude, you have already. I mean, mm. I know there's no sin that's that's uh, that's unforgivable, but. I'm pretty Man. sure God's going to be like, okay. Well, we presume we who presume a, to be leaders will be hell, judged more strictly. One of them. Yep. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's that's scripture. Those who presume to be leaders will be judged more strictly. Yep. I I I do not I do not want the kind of judgment from God that He's going to face. No, it, it's not faced. for me to judge. It's not for me to judge. Only God. Are you gonna get that, ta- yeah, no, you gonna get that no, tattoo? No, 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 I already got it. I said too late. Is your gamer tag Joker 420? It's on my, it's on yeah. my hip. It's, Six nine. It's on my, it's on my Takeshi. Takashi. You know, that's another thing. How is a guy like that considered cool? Like, am I just old now? Like, yeah, thirty yes. stuff. Yeah, yes, you're dating yourself right now. I mean, when with it, the skittled colored teeth and shit. Yeah, well, no, it's yeah. his hair. That's isn't it? Well, he has the teeth too. That are rainbow. Have you ever seen his teeth? They, you know, look, he, they look like my like skittles. He, he looks like a giant <laughs> rainbow. So I don't, I don't. I can't remember if it's his hair or if it's his looks teeth like that are colored. Or, I mean, we grew up with like Tupac, Biggie, uh, they, Naughty by but Nick. they were cool, man. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, Cypress Hill, yeah. all those guys, Beastie man. Boys. You oh, got Beastie Boys, yeah. Bone Thugs. You look at those guys and you see a guy like Takashi Six Nine, and you're like, he calls himself Two the Live King Crew. How, yeah, <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hoochie. Mom. Oh my Run god. DMC. Green but, acres, <laughs> but then, but then, like Takashi takes out that big, uh, the biggest uh, board in New York City. It puts the King of New York is back. If you're from New York and you like the rap, like you like rap, the rap genre, how can you let this guy call himself the King of New York when Biggie Smalls came from that? Biggie city? Smalls, yeah. Jay Z, you know, like all these guys, like that. That I mean. Yeah, yeah, they were pioneers of trailblaze for industries, and, and, and here yeah, he comes yeah. in there tattling on everybody, yeah. telling everybody secrets and shit, and he's the king of New York. Please, did yeah. they forget who the yeah. notorious Big was? Because yeah. there's a movie. I, I, about I mean, it. Yeah. and obviously it is because we're dating ourselves. But like the mumble rap, I don't understand that at all. No, no, yeah. no I just. Hell, not even the old school rappers you understand just, that. You just yeah. talk about a fifth of Henny oh, in there somewhere. Out there for Snoop Dogg. Snoop or yeah, DMX. No, yeah, I well, mean, you got the West Coast, uh, you know. ICP like, and... Uh, what? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 like, he slipped that in there. Juggalo for come life. Come on, come on. And witness magic. <laughs> Why don't you come and play with me? Oh, my God. The great Malenko. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. ICP. Yeah. You deserve a nut punch for that. (laughs) Although. Funny uh, thing is, Josh will never tell anybody, but he was a juggalo. I was not a jangle tip. But I did drink Fago and (laughs) put makeup on his face when he went to their concert. Hatchet man. Hatchet man running. It's a tramp stamp. Yeah. It's a tramp stamp. Now, now it's uh, like a, it's a, it's a, now, yeah, yeah. Now it looks like a giant lumberjack. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like one of those fat heads. A giant lumberjack betwixt his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Falling in the crack. Is yeah. a... No. Help no. me. But I will say I did enjoy the Amazing Jumble Brothers album. That was the one I did like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good album. Well, you didn't like uh, the Great Malenko Great album? Great Malenko and the Amazing Jumble Brothers were pretty good albums. Uh, uh, of ICP albums, yeah. like those were the best. Albums, I don't even know what happened opinion. after like Amazing. Oh, I, I don't know. They, they uh, <laughs> came out with a bunch of uh, singles and stuff like that, and then they started doing the rest of their uh, the the Joker card series, and then they OD'd on Fago. Yeah. I, actually, you know, I uh, so I had to look into them again to see what was going on with them, and apparently they're doing another series of the the Joker card albums or whatever. So, <laughs> aren't they like done? Like. I don't know, but they, they look overdone. Well, but, uh, yeah. they have those big, uh, like, um, uh, like uh, Woodstock almost, uh, yeah. where millions of like junk- people like Josh go, yeah, jangalos and jangle yeah. tits. <laughs> they're they're uh, you know, I don't know jazzercise. They actually Jesuits. have like the band there, like if they're just like a like a big festival. Yeah, yeah. Well, but if you're, but but, it's but if you're that guy that like works at like Zip Trip. And like smokes palm malls and have those you know nicotine star uh, uh, stained fingers, you're probably gonna get laid if you go to one of those things. So I'm pretty sure like the majority of those people that go to those gatherings or whatever are just like a bunch of dudes who are like I'm gonna find some oh god jangalette or what, jangalettes Jang- yeah I think J- it's jangalettes jungleettes 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 jungle tits it's um, like juggalos and juggalettes that's it right? juggalette. Yeah. Like, I think there's like five of them and like the yeah, 1.6 million other guys. Are like, yeah. Well, it's like gamers, man. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't find too many attractive gamer chicks, you know, or you don't see those, but you know, like our, our guys, you know, we don't want to just include. Well, them, yeah. right. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying the percentage of gamer We're not chicks. not all Brad Pitt's here. Right. But I'm saying that the, the uh, percentage of gamer chicks as opposed to, to gamer dudes. I mean, the gamer dudes far outweigh gamer oh, yeah. chicks, you know. Yeah. So it's the same with the juggalos and juggalettes. That's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, like, yeah you, you have like five juggalettes for every thousand yeah. juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> Juggalo for life. <laughs> they show up. It's like, oh, man. I'm just thinking Emo makeup. every time oh. we played uh, Call of Duty and like it's like we play for hours and Screamo like makeup. on the fourth hour, a girl is like, hello, anybody there? Oh, Hey, you hot? Yeah, I yeah. am me your tits. Oh, and there's like the white knight. Yeah, it's like it's like a powder keg, and the spark in the room just hit. <laughs> and then there's the one guy that's like, "Hey, she's a lady. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. show her respect." Whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuse, excuse me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. she's a lady. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ma'am, if you just she's give me your number, lady. I'll keep you safe. Talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's crazy. That's how it is. I don't know how we got. Would on you? That uh, would you ra- wrap uh, ICP into the Christian rock bands genre? Would I put them because in they came rock? out and said they believed in God? Is yeah, that why? yeah. No, no. So I mean, because the thing is, their their mess their message is too secular and it's too explicit. Uh, they're, Who's they're, going chicken hunting? 
They're definitely not. Uh, going yeah. to they're, they're, they're definitely not. Fingers Christian. and toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're def- they definitely would not be able to classify as Christian. See, that that's the thing. The, the Christian artists that really just wanted to get their foot in the door and, you know, like at least get a name, produce a couple of albums with four, four, four front records. You know, I don't know if you remember. I remember that. four okay. front. That was yeah. like DC Talks. DC Talks, Seven Day Jesus, uh, Seventh Day Slumber. Like all those guys were forefront uh audio adrenaline newsboys uh for for a long time they were with forefront records so get get your foot in the door with those guys um but in order to do that you had to sacrifice some of your creative talent you couldn't you couldn't swear you know like you couldn't even you couldn't hint towards any kind of um substance abuse or addiction or anything like that or if you did it the the message would have to be would have to be that christ delivered you from it but it's not like you could talk about your uh, abuse or addiction without having Christ delivering you from it. You know, it's not like you could talk about depression or real emotions because if you talked about real emotions, they had to be quelched. They had to be, you know, quashed with, with what Christ did for you. Not that I I'm still struggling with this. I'm still, this is still ongoing. It, it was like not real. You know, it's it, when people write lyrics, you know, you think about songs uh, that really, touch you or really affect you um, emotionally, uh, a lot of it, it's like, man, I can relate with this because this is what I'm going through in my life right now. And, you know, the the last thing that I want to hear is like, oh, I lived happily ever after, though, because I found Christ. Like, listen, Christ is is joy. Christ is peace. But but life is not perfect. It's not like 100% of the time you're going to decide, yeah, I'm following Christ and I have that joy of Christ in my life. I have that peace of Christ in my life because real life happens. And it's not like, it's just like, oh, I better, I better go pray or I better go say 10 Hail Marys and everything's going to be better. That's not how it works. So in order for a Christian artist to stay Christian, like they couldn't write real lyrics. It was like lyrics, but Christ saved me from this, but Christ did this. So then it's like you listen to it and you're like, okay, so great. Uh, What's next? Mm -hmm. You know, like you live happily ever after and there's nothing else. There's no other life experiences that you have. How how do I get that where I can just have Christ do everything? Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I need need that. I I mean, that would be great. Then I don't have to worry about shit. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned this band previously, but one of the bands that is Christian but I really like, I feel like their music is not all about like, like what you were saying is POD. Like yeah. the fundamental elements of Southtown is still one of those Christian albums that are you're like, there's no happy ending. It just says, yeah, life sucks, but at least you have a promise during the shithole of a life that you have. I don't remember if it's song two or three, but dude, I can hear that song over and over and over. And it's just like, yeah. You know, when you have to lay your head, you know, you uh, you hear gunshots and you got to just close your eyes and just pray because if, you know, that's the only thing that's going to get you through it. It's not like Christ delivered me from the gunshots. It wasn't like that. It was more like they're still going to happen. Just close your eyes and pray. Just get through it. Trust me. You know, and it's like uh, if I'm down on the streets while I see another day, uh, if I uh, make it back this time, um, hold my head up high and thank God that I'm still alive. Yeah. It's like right there. That's the lyric that people should hear because it's like Christ is going to hold your hand through it, but he's not going to prevent other people's free will from affecting you. So life's going to suck and there's no way to sugarcoat it. So all I can tell you is there is somebody 
that you can believe in, that will hold your hand throughout, that will give you peace through it. But you're that, still going to have to go through exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You're still going to have to walk through the, you know, the mud hole, but at least someone's going to help you through it. And then at the end of this, at the end of this life, you have a promise of something even greater. That's not the target. Our target now is to live as good of a life as we can, love God, love others, get through this life, bring as many people as we can with us through our actions, not through our words. And then when we come out on the end of it, at least we have a promise of something great. And that's what I liked about POD. Whereas I listened to, like you were saying, uh, there's seven day Jesus, right, seven day slumber, right. audio adrenaline. Yeah. Where it's just like, they, they try to put a rock twang to it. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, all you're saying is life sucks. But guess what? If you believe in Christ, it's not going to suck anymore. No, it's going to suck. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it sucked for the disciples after Christ's ascension. Oh yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah. Matthew fed to the lions. Uh, uh, wasn't who, Peter. who was tarred and feathered? Wasn't it Peter? Pe- uh, no, Peter was uh, uh, burned in oil or crucified upside down. Who was burned in oil? Might have been Thomas, the doubter. Like <laughs> oh, I knew this shit, shit wasn't real. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, no, wait, no, no! I didn't believe the whole time. I didn't believe. I just wanted to get rich. No, but I mean, but all jokes aside, like you know, you look at the disciples. Their life sucked, bro. But they yeah. they had joy in what they were doing, and they they found because they had hope. They right. they had a purpose. Exactly. Like like the thing is, it was still shitty, but they they saw the light at the end of the tunnel because they knew there was one. Right. Right. And and that's real like that that is real what what is not real is is christian music that says oh happily ever after because it's not no no life isn't supposed to be easy no life isn't i mean especially as a christian joy peace everything and it's like no christ is there for the christ is there for joy and peace through persecution right not joy and peace you know just so that i can live my life comfortably right you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like this, this, so like in order for, you know, these Christian artists to keep that Christian label, they have to be fake as shit. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, so how real is that? Hawk that's, Nelson. I mean, yeah, that, that was fake as shit. About. And they, and he, and they can sit there and say, well, our message was good. The whole, you know, cause you know, those guitars and drummers, they, you know, they're legit Christians. Cause they're like, I mean, where else am I going to get a gig? The lead singers, the, the attraction, you know, but that even that was an example of somebody who's just riding the pine until he could get on, you know, like get yeah, on with Sony or somebody. Like, yeah. Finally, I got a, a decent record deal or I, I, I made, you know, several albums. I think they had six, seven albums, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like, I made enough albums now. I mean, yeah, I never really was a Christian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a PK and I grew up in the church. I said all the things that I needed to say. I did all the things that I needed to do, but um, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah. I made my millions and I'm ready to, you know, do my big projects. So what about, uh, you know, those uh, rock bands or any artists out there that got a label that wasn't part of uh, like the, the Christian labels or whatever, but was still doing Christian rock. And they still be considered Christian rock. Oh, they give themselves of that, course. put themselves in that genre of without course. having to be part of the... They, they, may not, they may not find themselves on a Bible bookstore shelf, but yes, uh, to me, they're the better... I shouldn't say better, but they're the better example of what people should be listening to if they want to know Christ. So don't laugh at me. I mean, this is probably going to date me a little bit or whatever, but a, an artist that I can think of that, um, you know, and whatever you believe, politics-wise or whatever, I mean, this isn't... I'm not... This isn't a political game, uh, but don't laugh at me, and I am old, um, but you too happen to be one of those bands they they weren't they weren't ever under a christian label but if you listen to their older stuff especially the joshua tree album uh like there is a lot there's a lot of of truth and soul searching in in their particular lyrics where you know you're just like 
Yeah, like I can totally see their relationship with with Christ. I mean, they, you know, a couple of them were devout Catholics, like going into the band when they first created the band when they were in high school, mm-hmm. you know. And so the thing is, you know, like I, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, they don't call themselves a Christian band. But if it were the closest thing to a Christian band without calling a Christian band, like especially back then, for sure. And I even think of, uh, you know, like um, uh, lyrics from like uh, A Beautiful Day, for example. You know what I'm talking about? It's a beautiful day. Um, What you don't. One of of the lyrics that sticks with me to this day after hearing it. And it's like, man, there's so much truth in that that you have, you know, that you have no idea. And it it addresses greed uh, in such a small way, but is is greatly is vastly profound. What you don't have now, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. What you don't have now, you don't need it now. Yep. If you, you know, because like, for example, I mean, obviously, if you. You know, you think about your health right now, you think about being able to breathe um, or, you know, like you want more money, you want this or you feel like you need a new car, you feel like you need a house, you feel like you need what you don't have right now, you don't need because if you needed it, then you would have it right now. You know what I'm saying? So like, again, it, it, it comes full circle, but that lyric sticks with me, even though it's not like a song that I'm like, oh, yes, I love this song. It's not my jam, you know, like I'm not, you know, but at the same time, you you, you just take that lyric and you dissect it and it is, it's profound. It's funny you bring up you too, because um, I don't, I'm not going to make fun of you at all. Johnny Cash's uh, song, God's Going to Cut You Down uh, in the video, um, Bono. Yeah. He's yeah. Bono is in it from you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he writes something that I agree is equally as profound. And it kind of is the cornerstone of, of our, of our podcast in his little segment, he writes sinners make the best saints. You know, when you, when you first hear that, you're like, okay, but think about it. I didn't we, realize Bono said that. Yeah. When, when, well, when he, he wrote it, yeah, he wrote it on the wall. Oh, I didn't um, realize that he, it was he yeah. that wrote it in the video. Or yeah. Whatever. And he, and when he wrote that, it, it, Think about it. When we think of saints or we think of like the f- figureheads of religion, they can do no wrong. They're the saints, right? They're, 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 the, they're, they're the ones who embody what Christ is. They can do no wrong, but, but all they do is wrong. No, no, Sean. Right. <laughs> Marina. <laughs> but sinners make the best saints. And that goes with what we're saying. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Nine minutes or 90 years, you belong. Sinners absolutely make the best saints because they know they've walked down those rough paths. They've suffered. They've they've been persecuted. Whatever the case yeah, is, they're serious saints. life experiences. Exactly, yeah. and they do make the best saints because they have the experience to relate to everybody. Whereas those figureheads, I guarantee you, their fingers never got dirty. I guarantee you, Joel Olstein never had. Well, I mean, they might have got dirty in some ways after they became a pastor. Yeah, right. But you think of like Joel Olstein, or you think of like those guys who have, you know, I they can sit there and try to paint their life as hard before they found God. But you and I both know that if if their life was really that hard, they wouldn't be trying to hustle everybody for their millions. They would try to go out and make life better, especially if they understood the gospel the way Christ said it, or the way they think they do, yeah. rather than preaching some stupid prosperity gospel that does not exist. Right. And honestly, that kind of is a good segue. Because because it makes me think, uh, you know, we've been discussing uh, what we're going to do moving forward after the series. And I mean, Sinners Make the Best Saints, that gives us a really good uh, platform to, to spring off of because I, I guarantee you the listeners want to understand what that actually means uh, beyond face value. What sinners, what does that mean to be a sinner and a saint? Because the church now does not, they separate the two so much that people who believe they've sinned so much, they, they're not worthy. 
atheists and agnostics, they don't understand or they don't want to buy into the ideology that uh, your sin, uh, like you need to feel bad for it. And then there's a grandfather in the sky who's making you feel bad for it. And then ultimately going to send you to a burning hell after a suffering, you know, a life full of suffering and hate and misery. Yeah. I think, I think as we, as we springboard past this particular topic in this particular series, I would definitely like to move forward with uh, that, that series of uh, sinner makes the best saints because there are a lot of good examples today in today's world and in yesterday's world of that, that we need to put on the forefront rather than the Joel Osteens and Kenneth Copeland's and people like that. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to end up talking about uh Saul of Tarsus then too. Absolutely. Like, uh, Paul. I mean, because you know, like ultimately he, he persecuted Christians, but then became one and, yeah. and, and obviously was one of the most in, influential Christians uh, of his time, considering there's what sixteen letters, uh, mm-hmm. sixteen of his sixteen of the books are written by by that Paul. Made it, that made it. That Luke yeah. could get out. In, before. In how many how many books are there in the New Testament? Is it thirty two? Thirteen <laughs> letters. He's known to have written thirteen letters, and of course that doesn't include Hebrews or any of the. Well, he might have written. It's known he's he's written thirteen books of the New Testament. And the New Testament consists of 27. It's the Old Testament that's 32. I'm almost positive uh, uh, that John wrote Hebrews. I know it's up for debate, and I know yeah. we never quite know, but well, the writing funny. styles of the book of John and Hebrews are so similar in, in their approach. That Now, is this all part of the Gideon's book? Or by, or the, well, the Gideons, the Gideons didn't write a Bible. They just no, print I mean, the Bible. I know. The, Gideon, you know. the Gideons always have that Bible they give you at It's uh, usually just the New Testament. Yeah. And Psalm and just, Proverbs. Uh, Psalm and Proverbs, yep. But yeah, the the they have revelations in that too. Yeah, that's in the, revelations is in the New Testament, but so it would yeah. be included in that. But um, revelations was did not make the cut with the Council of Nicaea, so revelations was added after the Catholics assembled the Bible, and still today most traditional Catholic Bibles leave out revelations because it it wasn't canonized because they don't believe that John the Revelator, who was also the uh, the disciple was in his right state of mind because yeah, he had just gotten some poisoned. crazy psychedelics, man. Yeah, he, got, he had gotten poisoned. Uh, his method of death was poisoning, but he lived. And here's what's crazy, too. So this is why I kind of believe Revelations because the Romans, after they poison you and you're like, oh, you can't die, so we're just going to exile you? Nah, bitch, they're going to put you on a cross. Like, they, they would have just been like, no, we're going to kill you. Yeah, right. But some sort of saving grace brought him to the Isle of Patmos. And uh-huh. so that's where he wrote, I mean, that's where the they, it, it was actually to be sentenced to death to live through death and then to be exiled was extremely rare. I don't even think it ever really happened except for John the Revelator. So I think that's why there is some truth to Revelations. But the Catholics, they might have had it right with that one of all the things. It's like, tough to say. Yeah. And, and we won't we won't really know until it either A, happens or we die and we ask Christ about it. Hey, what was, what was John talking about? Was he close? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he was high. Yeah, that's, that's what he says. Like, uh, long yeah, time man. listener, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> Cocaine first, is one hell of a drug. Yeah, first, first question, what was with uh, Revelations? <laughs> What's with the uh, four-headed beast and the prostitute with seven crowns? I mean, yeah. game blouses. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is like, I don't know, man, but just come on in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah right. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll talk about that once once you're in. Yeah. Get, get inside. Yeah. Because John, the shit he saw, like, yeah. he, it, I, I'll tell you why. I'll introduce you to John. Yeah. <laughs> John, and then he can explain. John it. just comes walking out like, hey guys. Yeah. This wire haired and everything. He's like, oh, he, look, he looks like uh, still twitching. Yeah. What's it, Morty from Rick and Morty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this wraps up our series of modern religion. Our our issues with it. You know, please let us know what your uh, thoughts 
are on religion and how it's not only historically damaged people, but how it's still damaging people today. Um, and what your take is about Christ and, and the teachings of Christ and the following of, and the and followers of Christ who are actually putting, doing good work and putting out good messages. As we move forward, we are going to uh, expand our series. Um, whether uh, it's going to be a surprise because we still got to talk to my cohorts. I said it right. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. And uh, but I, I, you know, definitely sinners make the best saints, and kind of getting an idea of how we can incorporate a sinner and how they can become a saint in the eyes of God. And so that way you understand that you can belong uh, to the kingdom as well. That all those uh, rules and regulations that are set by the, by the talking heads and the, and the patriarchs of the, of the church and religion have it wrong. And you probably have it right. It's just, you've never been validated. Yeah. It, well, and the sinners may make the best saints. That's uh, I think that's great. I think that's a great segue to go into. I think that, I think that that should definitely hands down be, um, you know, what, what we're going to next. Uh, what I envision it, it as though too is, I mean, I'd, I'd like to get some sinners on our podcast and I have a couple that do want to, that do want to join and talk about it. So I, I mean, I, some sinners other than our, ourselves, of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I admit I'm oh, a Oh, you ain't bacon? Right. Hell. Masturbated yeah, <laughs> hell. Oh man. Is I'm that polyester? So hell. <laughs> so going to hell if that's the case. But I do want to, I, I, I think you're right, Ben. Uh, I, I do. I would really love to see Solitarsis on there. Um, yeah. And I, and I would like to actually, uh, that would be, I think should be our first episode because he is the prime example. Is that uh, one word or two? Saul of Tarsus. Is, it's uh, location. Three. Like he's from, <laughs> he's from Tarsus. So it's like Saul, you know, the one from Tarsus. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, what was the name of the guy who carried uh, Jesus's cross for him? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Simon of Cyrene. Si- yeah, Simon of Cyrene. Yeah, Cy- is Cyrene? which is, uh, yeah. wasn't that southern Ethiopia? Cyrene was the area, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Which, I mean. In it, that area, the yeah. general area. So an Ethiopian you know, was there for uh, Passover because, you, know, you know, the Jewish faith was all, all over. But I think that's a cool story, too. He obviously, we don't know if he was yeah. a sinner or a saint or not, uh, but I just had to throw that out there. Man, I wa- but I, I do. I, I want to bring in some people to interview. Cool. You know. Well, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, uh, yeah, definitely uh, the next podcast, we're going to move into Sinners Make the Best Saints. And um, we're going to talk about Paul of Tarsus, uh, also known as Saul of Tarsus. Um, hit his head <laughs> on a donkey. Tarsus. And, uh, yeah, was a zealot. This is grit. Raw, unpublished. <laughs> Wait, raw. <laughs> Uncut. This is <laughs> uncircumcised. Uncircumcised. This is grit. Raw. raw. Unpolished. Christianity. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, sorry. So you say this is grit, and then I'll say raw, unpolished Christianity. <clears throat> raw. Unpolished. Yeah, you say this is grit, and I'll say that. This is grit. No, oh, that that's my segment. This, this is grit. And thanks for listening. <laughs> like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else you know you find us at. Follow, like, whatever you need to do. Get us paid. This is grit. Raw, unpolished Christianity. Thank you.